The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome to the Heather McCoy Show. Um, wow, that phone is not good. I, oh, there it no, is. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, welcome to the Heather McCoy Show. In our middle segment today, I'll be talking about Tesla's corporate subsidies with the LA Times reporter Michael Hiltzig. Then rounding out the hour, we'll have Robert Larson join us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. But first, we'll start off with our regular contributor, the blogger hit behind fieldofschemes.com, Neil DeMoss, and he's calling from the dark side of the moon this morning. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it's, it's, it's raining here in New York. Oh, it's raining. And apparently, my phone has decided to uh, transmit that across to the listeners by making it sound like it's actually <laughs> raining on the phone. Now you're making our je- listeners jealous because we haven't had an inch of rain in weeks now. So Yeah, I was going to say, should I explain what rain is for listeners? <laughs> yeah. So the Buffalo Bills have a new owner, uh, Terry Pagola, who also owns uh, NHL Sabres in the same town. With his new ownership group taking over uh, the drive, the taking over the drive for the new stadium um, has stopped as far as um, trying to give the Bills a new home. Uh, how appropriate is um, how appropriate is do you maybe use the ads for now to the last sentence? Sorry, the, the rain completely obliterated your last couple of sentences. How oh, okay. So the so the rain is uh, so. Uh, th- of course, the the operative phase is they've asked, stopped asking for a stadium with a new owner for now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For now. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. The the interesting thing here is right. I mean, everybody knew the Bills were going to be getting a new owner, and it, all the signals were, well, you know, the Bills are going to be getting a new owner, and um, you know, but the, the, whoever it is, they're going to need a new stadium, right? The NFL really wants it, and so um, the. Uh, Suddenly, uh, Pagola brought the team, and now everybody's sort of backing away. You know, even the Buffalo News, which, as we talked about before, you know, just could not stop the drumbeat of where are we going to build a new stadium? Where are we going to build a new stadium? Suddenly, ran an article saying, "Well, you know, maybe now we don't we can stop talking about a new stadium for a little bit." And um, the Erie County executive said, uh, "Oh, you know this." There's a new renovated stadium just opened, and it can last another 30 years. And Governor Cuomo uh, said, uh, oh, you know, I think it's just fine the way it is. Uh, clearly, everybody is not just saying this because the new stadium opened and they saw it and were surprised and, uh, and thought, wow, this is really cool. Um, clearly, what's going on is somebody is signaling, whether it's the NFL or Pagula, that, oh, you know, we can stop talking about all this new stadium stuff, at least for the moment, because... Um, you know, this is a bad time to be doing it, or we just want to focus on the team or, or something. Um, so my guess is that we will see it die down. I mean, I'm, again, this is just a guess in reading tea leaves. My guess is we will see it die down for, you know, the next couple of years anyway. And, you know, maybe people will start talking behind the scenes with people um, about, uh, okay, how can we sort of try and get stadium talks going without having everybody hammering on us in public, which, which would only make sense. I mean, you know, that's, that's what we've seen in other cities where, uh, uh, you know, owners have sort of backed away from it and said, okay, let's, let's go back behind closed doors and talk about this, you know, because it's, it's getting too, uh, too contentious in the, in the newspapers. It was New York State like um, maybe like a, uh, Georgia where they can get away with doing the rotating city councilmen in the hallway kind of thing where they can just say, surprise, new Bill Stadium. This is the New York State Legislature, which was voted the most corrupt in, uh, in oh. or undemocratic or something like that in the nation. Um, so, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the, the New York government has famously been run for decades as three men in a room, the governor and the heads of the state senate and the state legislature. 
um, and they, uh, you know, decide on what's going to happen, and then they present it to the members to vote on. Um, it's what happened with the, the Yankees and Mets deals, where, uh, you know, the, the three-member room got together, negotiated the entire thing, you know, in secret, and then presented it to the legislature to vote on it. I, I spoke to a member of the state senate who I know, uh, who said, oh, yeah, we got it in the morning, and we didn't even have time to read the bill. You know, the, the, um, you know, the, the leadership just said, here, you're voting for this. And, you know, in a big stack of documents. And so we voted for it. Oh, wow. The one interesting paradigm that Terry uh, Pagola, owning two teams in, Pit- in uh, Buffalo, sets up is how does he save face if he, I don't know, threatens to move the bills? How does that not affect the savers? Yeah, I mean, he definitely has less leverage than, say, if, uh, you know, Rogers Communications or somebody like that had, uh, had bought the team, um, because he still ha- is going to be around. Um, and, uh, you know, I think what they would have to do is they're going to have to do the – I mean, clearly he's not going to move the team, right? I mean, because he would be – his name would be dirt. Um, but he's going to have to have the NFL be, be the threat threatener here. You know, if he ever does want something, he's going to have to say, well, you know, I, I'm a – you know, Buffalo guy, and I'm not going to take this team anywhere, but the NFL says we need this, so, um, you know, it's the same thing that the, that the Green Bay Packers uh, management did when they wanted uh, taxpayer, uh, taxpayer-funded improvements to Lambeau Field, um, and they said, uh, you know, well, obviously, you know, we're a community team, and we're not going to go anywhere, but if the NFL tells us that we can't be here, you know. Yeah, that kind of thing. Las Vegas, their proposed MLS soccer stadium keeps tugging along. This week it was discovered that there uh, was a five mil- $4 million rounding error in a- AECOM's economic projection report um, that was double-counted for rent. Now that the error has been found, do- what does this do to the project's feasibility since that can turn a $2 uh, million profit into a $2 million loss now? Yeah, I mean this this whole thing is really hilarious, right? You know, they came out with this with this uh, um, feasibility study, um, issued it. It, it. it was dated before the uh, the city council hearing, um, which ended up you know not deciding on it because they said it didn't have enough information. Um, and then they presented it afterwards, and then it had this you know four million dollar line item, which is about half the revenues they're expecting from it, was supposedly coming from rent that was already committed to paying off the cost of the stadium. Um, and there was this, you know, all this, this crazy back and forth last Tuesday where the, the Las Vegas Review Journal, I uh, kept following, kept, I kept refreshing the page to reload it because every t- like hour or so they would change their story and they would have like a response from the people who wanted to, you know, to build a soccer stadium saying, oh, no, 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 that's a different $4 million. And then that would come down because it would turn out that that didn't, act, there wasn't another $4 million. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I, I think we're all waiting on uh, on the revised uh, report now to see how they explain this away. But I mean, like you say, that's it's a difficult amount. Four million dollars a year is a lot to make up on a project that's only bringing in eight or nine million dollars a year. Um, and already, it was something where the where the the revenues were uh, were, you know. Not necessarily set in stone, you know, because this was going to be money that the, that the team would pay to the city if they had it left over after paying off their other costs. Um, I suspect, given that the, the city council was already skeptical about this, this probably put the nail in the coffin of this project, at least for the time being. 
Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to hear to hear them say, okay, you know, let's just put this off for a while. Although, if I remember right, um, Cordish has a limit on the option on the land, which is the whole reason they're proposing this plan. Okay. Um, so if that expires, then, you know, we might actually see this whole thing go down for good. Uh, yeah. Another week, another unnamed source floating a new stadium project. This time it's at the Aqueduct Racetrack in Queens for the NYCFC. This site also was proposed to have a convention center built to replace the Jarvis Center in, I th- believe, like um, downtown area of New York. With Hayward T. Sanders on the show next week, I should ask, what is the worst public investment, a convention center or an MLS stadium? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, think, I think Sanders would, uh, would have a tough, tough choice between the two of those. <laughs> um, I'm very glad to hear you're having him on the show because I just talked to him on Saturday, and we were commiserating about, uh, about how stadiums and convention centers compete for being the, the absolute worst project. <laughs> um, but, yes, but they finally, get, they finally uh, bailed on building a convention center in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in Queens <laughs> a couple years ago in New York. And now they're just talking about building a soccer, like a 25,000-seat $25, soccer stadium in the middle of nowhere in Queens. It's, it's a, uh, uh, Aqueduct Racetrack is one of my favorite uh, New York stories because it's the only subway station that um, is served by trains only going one way. They, it's like a layover track on one side of the track, so in order to get, you can get back directly, but in order to get there from anywhere else in the rest of the city, you have to go and get off at the next stop and then come back and get off at this station that only goes one way. Um, doesn't seem like where I would want to put a stadium to, that is going to have to have, again, 20, 25,000 people getting in and out of there every, every uh, game. Um, but, uh, you know, for whatever reason, we've got this, uh, this unnamed source saying, no, 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 this is where they're talking about it. I mean, I think, I think NYCFC, you know, the, the owners who own Manchester City, um, are just desperate to try and keep any kind of momentum going for, we've got to get a stadium, we've got to get a stadium, we've got to get a stadium. So if Aqueduct is where they've identified possible land, uh, sure, why not throw that out there? Um, but, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how realistic it actually is. And, you know, there's, there's no details about how it would be paid for, who would, you know, where, where the land, you know, whether they would pay for the land or it would be FB3, whether it be property tax breaks. I mean, the, as usual, all that stuff isn't discussed. It's just, hey, we got a guy who says they're looking at Aqueduct. Quick, let's get it in this paper or, you know, <laughs> on the website. Yeah. Would both Forest Ratner, who owns the ugly brown thing where you live in Brooklyn called the Barclay Center, and MSG both try to kill this idea because it would add more concert space to the New York market oh i don't think a, a soccer stadium in in distant queens would be any competition for concert space <laughs> i mean you know the there's already the red bull stadium out in uh out in new jersey um and i it's possible they've had a concert there at some point i have not heard about it um but you know the people Touring acts that want 20,000-seat facilities do not want something outdoors because you want to have, what happens if it rains? <laughs> yeah. um, and also, you know, you have to have a roof to, you know, like hang speakers from and things like that. It's just really it's not, it's not the best. I mean, you can, you can do it, obviously, but the reason you have outdoor shows is because you need to sell 50,000 tickets, and 
the only place you can do it is outdoors. Yeah. Uh, in the Bears and 49ers game last Sunday night, no one died because it was a night game most likely, uh, like the fan did in the preseason game. With temperatures being projected to get warmer due to global warming, I'm surprised the semi-roof wasn't included like what uh, the Seattle Stadium has for their NFL team. I can't think of the name off the top of my head. Wait, sorry, they didn't do what? I'm surprised they didn't put, like, a partial roof over it, like, in oh, Seattle. Oh, partial roof, you mean just over to have shade for the... Yeah. You know, you would think they're spending a billion dollars, right, or a billion two, I think it was. I mean, the cost of putting a, a, a roof over part of it would have been... I mean, it would have been... It would have been a cost, but, you know, you had to be able to do it for, like, what, like, 50 million or something like that? Um, so I'm a little bit surprised, too. You know, they can always add it later. Yeah. Um, no. if, it's, if it really becomes an issue. Um, but again, it, it seems like they thought about an awful lot of things about that stadium that involved, you know, how much they could sell the PSLs for, you know? Yeah. Um, they wanted to be able to make, make sure they could promise Wi-Fi for every seat. Um, but they neglected things like the sun <laughs> or the fact that you everybody can't actually drive in or out of there all at the same time. So you've got, like, two-hour waits to get in and two-hour waits to get out, um, which apparently, you know, part of the plan was, oh, there's all these businesses around there that are closed on Sundays. We'll just rent their parking lots, which no one has been interested in doing. So it turns out everybody has to jam into the stadium lots. Uh, you know, it, 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 again, just goes to prove that even multi-billion-dollar corporations – that are, you know, planning massive, massive investments can still get things horribly, horribly wrong in ways that any one of us could have predicted. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I hate to break it to the 49ers, but I was aware that the sun existed. <laughs> um, how long, do, leaving off of this, how long does a ginger hammer have in his commissioner's office before he gets booted? Uh, well, let's see. What time is it now? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I, 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 part of me is surprised that he's lasted till this morning. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the the strategy at this point, right, has to be just hold on by your fingernails and hope that the uh, that the horrible revelations stop at some point. But it they don't seem to be stopping anytime soon, you know. And when you start losing uh, losing uh, uh, sponsors, I think that's when they're going to start throwing him under the bus, you know. I yeah. Mean, if, if if sponsors keep bailing, then if that's the point at which. You know, you have to say, okay, you know what? Thank you for your service. We're going to get a new guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Neil DeMoss, he joins us from a very rainy Brooklyn. Thanks for being on the show this morning, and we'll talk to you next week. Cool. Next week, maybe we'll try Skype or tin cans or something. <laughs> something, yeah. This, of course, is the Heather McCoy Show. The Heather McCoy Show.